regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features a show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast, the podcast that is the same every, every week. week. My name is Steve Hogarty, and this week I am joined by my two best friends and mm-hmm. lovers. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Say your name. Uh, putting the butt into Chris Buttress, it's me, Matt Lees, uh, as ever, joined by Jonathan. Jonathan Lee Blythe, the man who was gestured to second as Steve's lover. This is the unspeakable pain that I live with. There's a frost filling up the room never like m- petrol. Never mind, it'll, it'll all work itself out in the wash. It's easier to joke and say Matt is my lover than to speak truth. And talk of our love. Mm. love. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. That has actually fixed everything. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I'm Jonathan Lee Blythe, and I've got a feature for you. Yeah. What is what, so what is everyone's features this week? Well, I'm going to be getting incredibly sweaty in my mind whilst thinking about somebody else in this room getting even sweatier. And I am wondering if I did a Gav thing this weekend. Oh, God. Meanwhile... I'll be taking you around in my little car. Oh. Honk, honk. <laughs> Hop in. <laughs> Let's go. Milk me, and then just hold me, because my name is Juicy Susan. So I don't know about you guys, but I've been getting, uh, miraculously, I've been quite getting into going to the gym. Which I never thought was some something I'd say. What are you benching then? Uh, weights at the moment. Good. That's, and that's the best thing to don't bench concepts. No, I'm doing weights. The little metal weights on on the on the machines. I'm very weak. But we used to go to the same gym, Matt. Did very we? early on in the podcast. Oh yeah, but I I just went for a swim there. I never used any of the machines. I just swam. Well. Potatoes, potatoes. Yeah, we saw each other in the changing rooms, and that was the—that's all that really matters. I don't to me. remember that. So there we are. I think you did do a podcast feature on this podcast. Yeah, about do or don't look at my dick in the locker room. Yeah, it was a don't, do's and don'ts. <laughs> don't tempt me, Satan. <laughs> yeah, I wish you'd stop calling me Satan. Don't, don't really, pre- really turns me on. Don't uh, press your body against the semi-opaque wall that divides locker rooms. Uh, no, no, cubicles. it was the showers. Yeah, it was the showers. Opaque, uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That, those showers were You weird. can make out a dick outline on those totally things. Totally could. If you press yourself against it, you can. <laughs> yeah, you it can kind of dis- distorts the natural shape, but mm. makes it look bigger. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like you just run into a wall really quickly <laughs> and left an imprint. <laughs> anyway, I've been going to the gym, and obviously I used to go swimming at the gym, but this time I'm actually like, I'm trying to work out how to actually do it. So I've been getting taught how to use the machine, I've been having a go of it. I've been realising I am tremendously weak and uh, I, I can't really lift any of the things or pull any of the things with a lot of weight on them. If you've not done it before, and this yeah. is boring chat, you'll, your body will soon realise that you're asking it to do it and then it'll get better quite Oh, I, th- I think so, because I remember at the time I really went for it the other day and I was just pulling all these bits and the, guy, and the guy was like, oh, this should be pulling this muscle and this muscle. And I was like, it's... I don't think it is. And then a few days later, I was like, oh, fucking hell, it was. Uh, so my back and my neck and my pussy have just been absolutely ruinous. I was say, your, your pussy does look 
taut. Yeah, mm. it's it's pretty it's pretty ripped right now, frankly. <laughs> oh dear me, shredded. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake! <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I'm really sorry to anyone who's listening here has a has a pussy and is was now wincing. Um, so yeah, I've been getting into that and I've been enjoying going to the gym and I've kind of realised that for years I didn't like the idea of going to the gym and being on gym machines because I hated people and I've realised now people are fine and it's all right. They're yeah, machines exactly. Everyone's just machines. <laughs> the opposite of a person. But I've been, I've been getting into it, I've been enjoying it, I've been having a nice time. And obviously, I've been inspired by another member of the podcast who's been going to the gym a lot over the past few months and he's been getting himself and his pussy just absolutely shredded. Bronk. It's Log. What? Log. Bronk. It's Log. Log's been getting fitter, sexier, faster, a pig in a cage. On antibiotics. Now I don't want to lift my glass to my face in case my bicep pops exactly. too hard. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just so, called you a pig in a cage. Well, don't worry, I'm not fine. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was a Radiohead reference. The compliment went <laughs> all a squiff at the end. <laughs> it was a Radiohead reference that didn't land here. But somewhere in the wild, it will land. Anyway, um, I've, I've basically... I, I, I've, I've come up with something I like to call um, a bit of make-believe. Imagining... If you will, imagine, if you will, a story of Log at the gym trying to trying to get really sweaty. I'm sweaty now. Yeah, but he's going to try and get like really sweaty. Like oh, okay. you're gonna you're gonna get really really sweaty. And this now, if 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 we can have a bit of a harp sound effect, will be the tale, the make believe story of Log in the gym. In a land of buff boys and muscular women, one man stands a beef of them all, quivering with a ripped sheen of raw, untapped muscle. That untapped? Man, I'm constantly tapping it by moving lift weights. That man <laughs> is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but today's tale tells of another soul, a warrior of Nottingham, the cardio king, Slemme de Month, creme de la month, de la dog's bollocks of the month. That man's name was John Log Blythe. I am the fittest man that has ever been alive. If you get on all fours and let me ride you like a horse, you honestly won't even know I'm there, unless you're a child or a Shetland pony, in which case I will crush you with my lean and lovely brawn. Oh, hello. Nice to meet you. I'll be your personal trainer for today. I'm afraid the other guy couldn't make it. Today, gentlemen, women folk, babes, boys, Girls, animales, tamales, I will perform a feat such as the world has never seen. On this day, I will break the seventh sweat. No one in the seven kingdoms of Christendom had ever broken beyond the sixth and final sweat. Many scholars thought it was impossible. At that point, surely any mortal would stop and have a shower. But today, at the foot of the barbells in this Nottingham gym, Mr. John Log Blythe had thrown caution to the wind. He would soon turn naysayers into actually yaysayers. He would poppy every cock, leave no ghasts unflabbered. Today, he would break the seventh sweat. Sorry, I'm not sure what you mean. You're going to get really sweaty? Sweated out? Fantastic. I mean, hey, that's what we're here for, right? No, no, I mean I'm going to perspire to brand new, previously thought impossible levels. It's great to feel the burn, isn't it? Have you ever tried a big burpee? 
It sounds rude, but they're actually great for getting in shape fast. I know what a fucking... Listen, if you could just give me some space. Look, does anybody in here know about the six sweats? A single ancient grey man slowly rises from the bench press machine across the room. Ah, these six sweats are five in the old tongue. I've never seen anything before for myself, but... Six is possible, I know that for sure. Fuck you, Grandad, I'm taking it to seven. Back flipping onto an exercise bike, Log would break his first sweat in less than a minute. Excuse me, sir, I know the gym is quite quiet, but we do ask our clients not to use two exercise bikes simultaneously. And honestly, holding a breath like that is probably quite dangerous. Fuck you! Tumbling seamlessly onto a yoga mat, then another, and then another... Log proceeded to wrap himself up like a hunky burrito, a tangled mess of loose weights and mats. By the fourteen gods! I've never seen anything quite like it. Clambering to his feet, half man, half foam, half discs of heavy bits of metal on sticks, Log began to emphatically perform star jumps, slowly hurling off the weights that contained him, like a man playing buckaroo with himself, alone. That's two and a half sweats in the bag, and I haven't even started counting. So many sweats to go. Three forward rolls chained together in a row, and Log was onto a running machine and straight into the third sweat, perpetually rolling like a big ginger goron until the maximum speed of the machine had been exceeded, and he actively began sending electrical power back the other way through the machine. Excuse me, sir. You're actually causing the lights to flicker and for small forks of lightning to strike other patrons to the floor or possibly dead, if you could just be conscientious of others when using the machines. A triple flip with a twist, he was on the cross trainer, operating both foot pads and both handrails by rapidly bashing them all with his hands like some sort of incredible fucked up yonder. Sir, you've li- literally now demolished two different machines. Smashing into the fifth sweat, the old man's eyebrows became peaked with fervent interest. Such sweat! Such power! Is it truly possible to even touch other objects in the physical realm upon being covered in the sixth layer of sweat? Pounding away at the bicep separation or bi-quadrilator, Log's muscles arched and crashed like horses making love in a violent ocean. After the fifth sweat, the body is effectively encased in sweaty jelly. Upon the sixth sweat, contact with other objects is difficult, but seven sweats... It opens up a whole bloody box of terrifying quantum possibilities. That many layers of sweat on one person may render them so dangerously slippery. It remains possible that they may slide out of existence entirely. Excuse me, sir. The globules of chunky sweat you're sort of broadcasting. Well, they're changing the texture of the swimming pool's water and, frankly... Putting the water aerobics class under undue pressure. Six sweats must endure. We've just had word that Barbara has died. She didn't sign up to do cardio and bisto. I'm afraid I'm going to have to call the police. What's going on? He's entering some sort of cocoon. I like you've gone from Chinese to English. (laughs) (laughs) 
Jason is a multinational. I can't do two voices at once. I can only do one or three. <laughs> Wolfing down Greg's steak bake after steak bake whilst massaging condiments into his own chest and legs, a chemical reaction began to take place, encasing our brave hero in a vinegary prison that would keep his six layers of sweat intact and preserved just beneath. Well, of course... <laughs> He's protecting himself from the dangers of interdimensional sweaty, sweaty slipping by creating a suit of ketchup-based armor and eating so much so fast that the seventh sweat, it can't be. That's right, Grandad. The final sweat is a cold sweat. As his body caught up with the horror of what he'd rapidly imbibed, the seventh sweat began to leak out. For now safely encased with a tart and tangy barrier. Perturbed and fascinated in equal measure, the old man produced a chalkboard and began sketching equations. But to simply stop exercising like that, and to remain still in such a rigid fashion, the build-up of lactic acid must be unbearable, and, my God, amplified by the aura of the tangy condiments... What on earth is he doing to combat the build-up of, frankly, untenable levels of muscular acid? There's only three ways out of the human body. You're going to spit it out? No. You're going to shit it out? No. Three ways, old man. My way, the highway, or a big load of deadly spunk. The evolving oily barrier of condiments that now surrounded Log like a sentient bubble briefly gave way to create an opening in his saucy shield. In the centre of this perfectly round hole in this armour which had suddenly appeared, an erection slowly rose into view, as if part of a demonstration for a homemade Tracy Island. Reaching maximum lactic power by the seven types of mortgage. Run! All of you run! He's going to melt the whole bloody building! But it was too late. One fateful spooge and the old man's fate was sealed, melting through skin and bone with ease and then cutting through the flooring and the foundations in a scene of sizzling, spunky horror. The old man had died, not only with something that looked like egg on his face, but with metaphorical egg on his face too. Leaning back into the moment, Log broke out fully, into the seventh, final sweat. Oh, feels bloody lovely. Yes, officer, this is the personal trainer again. <laughs> this is the man. I tried to get him to do a few burpees, but instead he broke some of the machines and killed a pensioner with a xenomorph-styled sputum. Looks like you're coming with me, sunshine! Swishing away a layer of ketchup with his truncheon, the police officer fatefully swung his handcuffs around the now unprotected wrist of John Log Blythe. As the metallic teeth slipped around his unimaginably sweaty arm, the momentum of the movement simply didn't cease, rotating indefinitely with such incredible speed that the laws of the universe simply shouted, No! No, 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 no! Exiled from their realm for crimes against physics, the policeman and Log were immediately elsewhere, floating in the cosmos of an unknown galaxy where truncheons were worshipped as mild deities and sweat was a currency that you wipe onto coins. What the bloody hell kind of narrative pickle have I ended up in this time? 
Hello, hello, hello. This seems to me to be a whole new bloody adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Regular feature. <laughs> I love that Matt wrote five different characters <laughs> that we had to talk to ourselves. <laughs> and then it ended with Lot doing two voices. And then the direction. Both laughed. Both laughed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I wrote, oh. I wrote it quite quickly. Yeah. That was great. 360-odd episodes. And I still haven't got the hang of writing scripts. Haven't quite, <laughs> haven't quite nailed how all that works. The scripts work, yeah. Mm. Hello, Log here. Just before we go into the jingle, I'd like to make it clear that I am still fat, very unfit, and therefore an accessible, unlovable character. Don't believe a word of what Matt was just saying. I'm a big, lovable fatty. Okay, lovely. Now for the jingle. Ooh, squirty, squirty. You squirty, Bertie. Ooh, squirty, squirty. You dirty, Bertie. And now it's time for Steve's regular feature. Steve's Am I Gav? Am I Gav? Did I do a Gav thing? I will never be Gav. But perhaps I did a Gav-like thing. I had an incident at a bar. At the weekend. Oh, you're Gav. You're Gav, mate. Did you punch some wine out of my hand? I didn't punch any wine out of your hand. Did you get punched? I did not get punched. Shall I tell you did, the story? Doesn't, did you I do something... More guess <laughs> did, you, did you do something reprehensible six years ago? <laughs> what was? What did he do reprehensible? Well, no, he oh, just, the, the, hang on, the crime that we can't talk the cr- about. The crime. No, I don't know. I just think he used to do stuff a lot more often that I'd be like, oh, that's reprehensible. Whereas now he does stuff that I think, that's a bit rude, but honestly, I'm on side with him. I'm yeah, he does reprehensible him. stuff all the time. I know, but I'm usually on side with it these days. Maybe I'm just becoming more reprehensible. That's true. But when you wink and smile as convincingly as that, he gets everyone on his side. He'll, yeah. he'll take us all into hell. Yeah. So what did you do, though? So I was on a drag night in Limehouse at the old ship bar. Uh, which is like a proper old East End boozer. And uh, at the weekends, they have drag shows. Perhaps. Is it classic old school cabaret drag? Is it modern sort of edgy drag? Or It's, I, I, it's quite old school cab- like cabaret star drag, like working so, class men's club style. So thing. is it sort of like the miming along to songs sort of thing? Uh, it's like I think it's it's taken on elements of like modern RuPaul drag and uh, lip syncing, but also parody lyrics and um, stand up routines. Ah, so it's really I'm good. To this, um, went there. Uh, it was very busy. Uh, we're having a great time, and on the way to the bar, there was a man in front of me, uh, early twenties, had a very Sort of, uh, he was wearing a waistcoat and he was very buttoned up and looked like very smartly dressed. And he was having an argument with the barman about this bottle of wine. And all I got, all I heard of his argument was, um, um, no, I think this one needs to be free. And the, the guy was like trying to say, no, I think you've already had enough now. And he's like, no, um, we need this one as well. So I think what happened is ba- someone must have dropped a bottle of wine or like spilled some some drink that he had. And then as compensation, the bar staff had offered him another couple of glasses of wine and then he was like really milking it and the barman was like, right, take this and just like fuck off. Like this is the last right. drink now, go away. And when I got to the bar, 
I had like a an eye rolly moment with the barman. It's like, oh, bit of a tough customer. And he said, the barman said, "Yes, I fucking hate him." He said, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that is the level of customer respect you get at our place as well. We will just say these are fucking dickheads. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he's a regular there. I'm not sure. Anyway, later on in the it's, night, I can't imagine having a regular that you end up keep having to give free booze to. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. I was coming back from the from the toilet, and he was sitting at a table um, at the end of a table where the the if you were to place a stool at the end of the table, you'd be blocking blocking the the path between the toilet and the mm, bar, yeah, which is fine yeah, when it's busy. But it means that you necessarily need to be squeezed past by people coming to and fro. Right. And I clock. I sort of clocked him. I was like, "That's that guy who's that the barman said he was an asshole." And as I sort of was he oh. brushed past him? I felt, you know, that thing people do, and I push get it. Back, steal yes. themselves. Yeah, they really push back into you. Yeah. As if, like, no, I'm really annoyed at people pushing into me. So I'm going to, like, really dig my elbow in to show them that Ooh, I'm here. Yes, mm. I know that. Because I do it sometimes on the tube. <laughs> and I turned I around. I only to do him. it so I can actually make physical contact with someone who looks nice. Yeah. And that's oh, not weird. Well, maybe he thought I looked nice. Um, I. <laughs> no. I, sometimes I look nice. <laughs> you always look nice. I'm just being a twat. I turned yeah. around and I, I, I shouted at him. I, I remonstrated with him. It's like, don't push me. I'm just trying to get past. And he was like, yeah, he just rolled his eyes and went back to his friends. And he did he sound like that or did he sound strong and commanding and you're trying to emasculate him? For no, the story? He sounded weedy and effeminate. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, and we went like went back and had I had a I had a lovely time. He must have been seething, having a horrible time. Cut to end of the night. <laughs> Everyone's dancing because the drag act had finished. I want say cut to the end of the night. I would like it if someone who's editing this put in loads of drag cabaret numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the end of the night now. We've all had a lot of fun. <laughs> Lisa Q had sung Primark as a girl's best friend. Nice. Uh. No, fa- no fabric you'll find is finer. It's woven in China. <laughs> yeah. Primark is a girl's best friend, and so on. It's pretty good. Uh, the music came on. This guy came out with a girl and started like dancing around when the when the music came on. He took off his shoes for some reason, right? And just like mm. placed them down, like oh, they just go on the ground now, do they? And I was like, that dickhead. I got my full pint of beer and just poured it into his shoe. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> wow. I thought you were going to be like, poured a bit of it in, but you, no. poured, you poured a whole pint of yeah, beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cheap pints at the old ship. Oh, God. Who lets Salacious Crumb into the podcast? <laughs> that is very naughty. That is very naughty. And then... <laughs> Uh, in 10 minutes time when he put his shoes on <laughs> he didn't even notice at the time I, I, no brilliant he was he was like dancing and so I I, <laughs> I turned to did him did anyone and, see you do it anyone with you yeah Reese saw me do it and what? he was fuming <laughs> oh no oh no so 
Oh God, I've really, I really, oh. wish you had a partner that would support you in your fucking it's pettiness. Probably, no, I think it's probably I, for the best. I mean, yeah. it's the same with me. I'm the sort of person who I will do things, and Emma will be like, "Matt, what are you doing? Stop it!" No, no Stuart have... always undermines me when I'm being an inexplicable <laughs> dickhead as well. <laughs> no, it's it's like I think it's the service that you you do both ways. It's just you do it at different times. Yeah, yeah. I think I it's think it's kind Bruce of an important right. thing. Yeah, yeah, like he sort of keeps keeps me from, from becoming that person. <laughs> um, and then when he was putting his shoes on, I just said to him, "Wet shoes." <laughs> <laughs> thus, thus eliminating any plausible deniability. Wet shoes. Like, All right, wet shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at wet shoes, everyone. <laughs> no, it wasn't even. <laughs> it wasn't even like have you got wet shoes or wet shoes is wet it shoes. i just said wet shoes <laughs> in the same way that you imagine someone says got milk <laughs> so well, what did he then react in any way no he tried to pretend he didn't have wet shoes and i definitely knew he did because he had a full pint of grolsch in his right one <laughs> Because he was because he was mean to someone. Yeah, fair. And he had an air about him that really rubbed me up the wrong way. Clearly. No, fair clearly. Play. I I am entirely behind you on this one. I'm glad you had Reese there to limit you. But yeah. if I'd have been there, I'd have been going, Yes, yes. Yeah, I wanted to find the barman to tell him what I've done. <laughs> and I thought maybe this is going no, too far. No. No, he might he might have been forced to say Mate, you can't just tip me in people's shoes in my pub. Yeah, that's yeah. that's like a point where they might be on side, or they might be like, oh, "I wish you hadn't done that," or told me that. Yeah, well, th- I didn't tell the. Barber. If this makes you feel better, though, like um, quite recently, a very prominent uh, cancer doctor died. Uh, it was like about six months ago. This is, this is a joke. No, it's not a joke. Well, that mate, that does make you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Great, good. That's it. No, he basically was like an amazing, he was like MBE, like, you know, not all this shit. He was like fucking amazing. Basketball. He played. <laughs> <laughs> he was incredible at basketball. Um, he was hugely beloved, hugely, he like came up with loads and loads of amazing science and stuff like this. But anyway, at his like funeral, people were telling stories and most people just been like, you know, it's one of the most visionary, amazing doctors we've ever seen. His, his, manner with patients was amazing but also his research stuff was incredible and then someone was like yeah when he was like at university someone pissed him off and he, he put shit in their shoes and it's just like okay cool so you can be like one of the most like angelic people in the world but still in your past be like yeah someone pissed me off so i put a shit in their shoe so i think yeah i like putting a shit in their shoe ambiguous he shit there he I put mean, that shoe to his uh, ass I shit right into i him. don't remember the specifics so i wouldn't like to you should never speak wrongly of the dead you can speak ill of them if you want, but just try and be right. And I, I'm not, I don't have the details in my head enough. That does make me feel better that um, a, a leading oncologist. Yeah, he did shit it. in a shoe. Did a shit in a shoe. Jesus probably like poured wine in someone's sandals. Like yeah. basically is what I'm saying. It's like, like finding out that George Washington did a piss on a woman. <laughs> piss on a what? <laughs> a, a woman. Oh. oh. Uh, Oh, yeah. A little bit of piss always comes out if you're having yeah. sex with a woman. Am I right, Matt? Yeah, no, maybe uh, cons- yeah, I don't know about that, actually. I think it's what pre-cum is, isn't it? Kind of not on side with either of you right now, but that, that, moving swiftly on. But no, I think I think getting involved, making karma happen in the world is quite nice. I've tried to do it on the tube now. Whenever they see a ruckus, I take my headphones out and I listen. I try and work out what's going on and decide if, if something needs to be done, then I will do it. But it was quite funny the other day. I was like, I could see this thing and it was really 
it wasn't kicking off in a way that was like this was a problem but people were really shouting at each other and i worked out what happened and i was like yeah you're both being dicks so i'm just not <laughs> so, I think so, like, so i'm not going to go to the toilet just, change into my hero costume no, not, not to be a hero but just to be like just to be like look come on stop this like, because sometimes that's all it takes is just the third person to go over and go, wait, stop it. Sometimes that's all it takes for the two to gang up on the third person. <laughs> yeah, but if they gang up on you, but more mildly than they were ganging up on each other, then that's mm. fine. I would I have know. been looking at them trying to figure out whose shoes are going to get full of beer. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> you just, the ch sound as you open a can, ready for justice. <laughs> I don't know, like hovering my beer over each person's shoes, like one one in each hand. Which one's going to tip? Like a player select screen. (laughs) Well, here's one then. This is like this is like a should I have been a Gav? What would have Gav done? But like basically, this woman, this this dude were like really shouting at each other, and this woman was like, and basically it transpired that what happened was this black lad had like jumped over the the barriers and hadn't paid for a ticket. Uh, which is obviously not cool. You should, you know, pay for tickets on London. If you haven't got money, you need to get somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. At the same time, I'm like, you know, do you really get... But basically, this woman had grabbed him and, like, you know, physically grabbed him and said that. And he, he was basically just saying, don't fucking grab people you don't know. Don't fucking grab people you don't know. And I'm like, that's a fair point. And she was like, you're a criminal. I was like, oh, yeah, technically is. But, like, it's like, you're not the police, are you? And so it was just stop, this thing. Stop fucking having cop fantasies. Yeah, please. it was this weird thing of just being like, look. But then he, you know, I was like, I was on the point of going over and saying, just leave the fucking guy alone. But then he started being a bit, like, just a bit shitty and a bit misogynistic of being like, I'm going to slap you and it's like oh, fucking come on mate don't be a prick so but then i just was like oh you're both being fucking bellends mm. but it was just a bit depressing it was like if you want to join the fucking police join the fucking police if you want to get a criminal done call the police you can't you can't just was she can't. trying to arrest him no she, she just she thought it was okay that she'd like grabbed him and like you can't grab people can you oh because what to detain him i don't know just, I mean, honestly, I think it's like legality and morality. Like, Hang on, in what? my mind, it's like you can break the Are you law. Sure, you weren't yeah, watching yeah. a policewoman arrest someone on the tube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she was being so aggro, Steve. You know, she was just being like a real dick. I can solve stupid this. Stupid little hat and a stupid oh. little stab roof vest. <laughs> yeah, just the little radio. Just a job's worth, you know. <laughs> Useless. The next jingle is brought to you by Matt laughing and Steve farting with his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Regular features. I'll do a feature, all right. I'll do a feature right up in your fucking hole. We've got three holes. God gave my me hole, more than the that. high hole, and the hole you're about to hear my this hole, through. High hole. <laughs> Something you might not know about me is that I love driving in my big old car. You, um, yeah, I'll, I'll hop in through the door hole, slam both feet against the windscreen, just keep steering until it's time to get out. <laughs> But I'm going to let you in on a little secret tonight. Uh, something I've never told anyone else. I have never looked in my glove compartment. Why would I? I've got all the gloves I need right here on my hands. <laughs> and if you think I'm taking them off, you've got another thing coming. Yes, sir. Another thing is on its way. Destination, your brain. Have you thinked it yet? I'll tell you what, I'll give you a clue. If you're thinking, I don't think he's going to take his gloves off, Henry, then congratulations. Your another think has arrived, and you can officially stop expecting more thinks. Well done. You've cleared out your thinking box. (laughs) Which is something of an achievement in this day and age. You deserve a trip to the vending machine. In fact, I think I'll come with you. The raisin and biscuit Yorkie is leaning against the glass. Looks like it didn't drop for the last guy, so I think I might be able to snap a double drop. 
I mean, the best thing about driving, the thing that I love the most, is going up and down the roads. But when you've been driving as long as I have, you pick up a lot of new tricks. Once I went up a hill. The rush of adrenaline was like the liquid that your balls swim around in, presumably pre-cum, had shot right into my neck and turned into steam. I mean, the trick to going up a hill is to really pelt it right up, right up to the very top of the hill, honking your horn all the way, of course. And you get out and you put your mouth to the ground and say, well, you put up a really good fight there, Hill, but you're no match for me and my car, the very intersection of technology and human determination. And then I get out a little folding chair from my boot and I whip out my tartan thermos and drink a Victory Nescafe from the plastic cup that doubles as a lid. You, I love how much you sound like that woman from the 70s who went viral talking about the advent of television in the living room. The advent? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what voice I'm trying to do. I thought, should I do an Australian? It's and great. I, <laughs> I love it. It's riddled with nostalgia. Now, okay. Now, I find that the thermal system of unscrewable lid that doubles as a cup, that is perfect for me because if someone driving past while I'm sat in my in my foldable chair with a little blanket over my legs, if someone drives past and screeches to a halt and says, oh, can I have a coffee, please? I can say, well, I'd love to share, fellow automobilist. But the one-person nature of this thermos flask is really hardwired into the design, and far be it from me to undermine the unspoken but clearly communicated intentions of the good people at Thermos. The boffins in the Thermos labs didn't get their company to become synonymous with temperature-preserving vessels without knowing a thing or two. I've got ten more minutes of Thermos chat that explains how important me not giving anyone any coffee is, but they're rarely needed in practice. Then it's time to get back on the road in what is my favourite hobby, driving around. Pop in as I go, I drive down the hill, shout no hard feelings to the hill that I just vanquished. And then it's time for my next favourite part of driving, which is turning left and right, using the steering wheel that I'm holding in my hands. And this this really does, top tip, it really does help you change direction. (laughs) Fortunately, you run out of petrol every now and then, and petrol... Is one of the most upsetting parts of driving. My car is an Alfa Romeo because I'm an alpha male, as you can tell from my terrifying pheromones. Meanwhile, Romeo is the name of the randiest bloke in the fictional town of Verona, what Shakespeare wrote about. When Romeo wasn't slipping Juliet, the good Montague dick, he was driving past the house of the two gentlemen of Verona saying, What's that, guys? Can't find any women to hang out with. I'm having sex with Juliet, who is 13. <laughs> and I, didn't, I didn't get to the end of the play because no piece of entertainment has any right to be any longer than Avengers Endgame. But I'm assuming that Romeo went into a cocoon state and hatched out as Casanova and said, Hey, missus, who's for kisses? <laughs> Which is, that's, that's how I work. <laughs> But that's, that still is not the point. I am here to talk to you today about driving my favourite thing. And what I'm getting at is that my car is a proud beast. And it's unacceptable to me that my car, running extremely fast and going round corners, depends on me wrestling what amounts to a giant wet dick out of a cruel oblong 
unlock what amounts to a chastity bung from my car using the very same key that I used to start it up, which is heartbreaking to me, and then cram that frankly gigantic squirting priapism into what amounts to my car's off-kilter side fanny. And then manually excite that oversized steel cock using a squeezing motion that is indistinguishable from my own masturbation technique, which I call palpating the meters. And then I must hold that pose in a state of traumatized silence while litre after litre of what amounts to pungent planetism surges into my proud automobile's guts. They tell you to turn your car engine off to fill your car. If that is sleep for a car, then I only hope my Alfa Romeo does not dream. (laughs) My lament is that I cannot tell him I am sorry. My fear is that the dirt little bastard loves it and is quietly honking his horn in depraved glee. (laughs) After one hour of turning left and right and going fast up and down hills, it's time to go home. And this, this is the hardest part of driving because for once you have a specific place you need to be. And when that is the case, most directions are the wrong one taken years for me to do this but i've eventually solved this problem coupled with solving the problem of the haunting visual metaphor of petrol stations by just never driving anywhere i just sit in my car honk my horn and say hello to anyone who walks past nice day for a drive up a big hill i shout to irene from three doors down emphasizing every third syllable with a blast from the horn (laughs) this does create a sense of playful enthusiasm although I do worry that she might think my car is censoring swear words. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't like his politics, but I do like that bit in Fonzie Bop where Stormzy sings about wanking on his girlfriend's face. I say to some teenagers in the hope that they'll see that I'm cool and reject Jeremy Corbyn. (laughs) And with that, it's probably time for bed. But not before the man who owns the house tells me to fuck off off his drive. So I let the handbrake off and let myself roll into the street honking my horn with a kind of stoic sadness before crawling into the back seat and going to bed, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know that thing? We haven't read the last three words. Time for bed for me. Yeah, it is. Did you find more beer? I did, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's loads in there. Thank you. Time for bed. And uh, time for bed. And as we uh, metaphorically... Clamber into the back of our Alfa Romeo. Like some beer. Did you? Do you have any... uh, Fucking doing a podcast here, Steve. <laughs> Jesus. The look on his face. He's not impressed. He doesn't. He... Like we're doing a bit, and then he's like, "Come on, have a drink." What were we talking about? We were doing a podcast outro, and you just interrupted. Yes. What did you say? Oh we were just doing a yawning. Time for bed. And I said, "Oh, you know, as we as we climb, I was doing a bit." And then you just interrupt. I'm not really annoyed, but it was just like... I just thought you were wittering. Wow. Fuck you. (laughs) Well, I hope that the etymological root of that word is derived from wit, because what we were doing was very funny. Yes, it was. (laughs) It was very funny. Mm. Technically, it was amusing. (laughs) Yeah. Do it again, though. Done. Okay. Uh, All right, right, Will, this time you can just... Under renewed aggressive scrutiny. Let's do it again. Yeah, great. This is going to pan out brilliantly for it's us. Apparently, it was so fucking good. <laughs> it wasn't good. It's just the fact that we were doing an outro, and then you were like, just talked over it as if you weren't on a podcast. It was like it was just. It was just. It wasn't that you ruined something special. It was just an astounding lack of awareness from a professional. You're making it. You're not making him happier, Matt. 
I'm not trying to make him happy. I'm trying to make him learn. <laughs> I'd seen, I, I, mean, I was being polite because someone got me a drink and I just want to think you said that. We haven't mentioned Chris Buttress yet either. We don't need to mention Chris. We, but yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't need to mention Chris. So as we sleepily clamber into the back of our Alfa Romeo um, Ooh, yes. for a nap at the end of this long, hard podcast. The same as, this same is, as ever. Sorry, this drink is great. Thank you. <laughs> I'll fucking murder you. <laughs> if this is how the podcast must end with the death of someone I love, then so be it. <laughs> you hold him down. I'm killing him. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm going to go and fucking kill Steve now. If you haven't booked a ticket to the live show, then you should have done because it's bloody sold out. Sold out. Steve's not going to be there because he's going to be absolutely dead as shit. No refunds if you were paying to see Steve. He's dead. He's dead. (laughs) Goodbye. Stab sound effects. Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile, underground in my grave, I'm logging on to patreon.com forward slash regular features, where I'm going to pay a small amount per episode from beyond the grave. <laughs> that will show them. Bye. Well, I sure hope, Log, log I sure hope that Steve doesn't haunt us with small Patreon f- amounts. What are you doing in my fucking grave, man? Oh, hello. Get out. We missed you so much. We <laughs> dug down here with our bare fists. And now we want to die with you. Kill Bill part yeah. two, motherfuckers. So if you're going to turn up to the live show to see anyone other than Gav and Joe, we're sorry. The rest of us are dead now. We're in the ground. Bye. Could you hear that little burp I did? A little bit. Mm, yeah, a little bit. I hope you could hear it at home too. Mm, don't know. Time will tell. <laughs> Time and tweets will tell. <laughs> if you could hear it, tweet me. <laughs> A disappointment. Has anyone got anything else to add? <laughs> no. Go on. Chris no? Buttress. Goodbye. Chris Buttress. <laughs>